It's the ABC's High School Teachers Really Need to Know, Season 2, Episode Number 8. Hear them. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe or buy the books on Amazon.com. So, how's the semester started off for you? And it's always amazing how uh, the just, just honestly, no matter if it's one day or two days or two weeks or two months, getting kids back, and I know most of us are back in the classroom, getting them back into the swing of things and in the school mode. We always feel like we're having to drag a little bit, but that's okay. We sometimes have to drag ourselves and understandable, but I do hope it started off uh, just just, just incredible for you and your kids are back learning. I do know for me, no matter if it is a day or two days or two weeks or whatever, as I said a second ago, it's always good to be back with them. I, I always know that I'm doing what I'm called to do. Every time they're gone, and I'm glad to see them back, and uh, it's just it's just really special. So yeah, I, I hope that your semester and your January has just kicked off in such an amazing way. Now this episode, I have to tell you, this is this is an episode that has been a challenge for me to kind of put together, and I've actually been trying to work this into the podcast. Now, ever since we began, all the way back in the beginning of the first season, and of course in the first season, the, the, the podcast follows the book in which carries the same title, the primary book from which all this came, and that's the ABCs, the high school, te- the high school teachers really need to know. And, and so I'm kind of locked into uh, those episodes for the first season, as of course I'm not now, but that was kind of tough because the first season and and of course the book as a result I was I didn't have a devoted episode to this topic and I knew I wanted to work it in and of course this is such an important topic that I've kind of weeded it into not only the episodes but also the book itself there's just not a devoted chapter to it and as I began the second season I knew I wanted to certainly have a devoted episode to this and I just was kind of waiting for that opportunity to where I felt like I was ready to kind of put it into the microphone, so to speak. And so finally there today, and the reason you're like, well, why such the buildup to this episode? Well, you know that all of these things that I'm communicating to you episode-wise are absolutely important to me. And, and honestly, the recipe to what it means to be a successful teacher that in turn creates successful students and people, for that matter. I, I believe in all of it. But on a more personal note, I get asked all the time from fellow teachers and administrators, you know, you know, Matt, why why do you feel like you've been successful? And and there's that word success again, because obviously it's messy and it's hard to measure. I, I think success. Yeah, my kids pass metrics and and and. I feel like they're successful academically and then they become solid people, or at least I've done my part. Ultimately, that's it, it takes a, a village and tons of experiences to raise kids. But as far as my contribution, while they're in my classroom and in my world, I'm able to affect that journey in some shape, form or fashion, I feel in, in a positive way. So that to me is my primary measure of success. But again, back to that question because an intangible answer like that for teachers and and other people who ask me, that that doesn't exactly, I guess, answer their question in a way that uh, helps them. So I try to share 
as much tangible stuff with them as I possibly can. And that's actually where the ABCs kind of came from because I, I thought, well, all right, well, let me see if I can help. You know, I'm a, I, I love collaborating and networking with teachers because it makes me better, probably more so than it makes you guys better, honestly, because, again, those conversations and sharing these things and the feedback, it makes me better, which in turn makes my kids better. And and so I am focused on sharing those things. And so when I started putting the books and the podcast together, it was important to me that I, I give really tangible points. And it, and it was tough because the one today is a little bit harder for me to kind of lock down into a tangible form. Of course, the title of the episode is Hear Them. Well, who are we hearing? Well, first of all, I think hearing those that you share your life with, not only <clears throat> excuse me in a, in a professional setting, but in a personal setting, actually being present and 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 staying locked into those that you're serving or sharing this life with, I think that's really important in general. Don't walk through the motions and don't 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 just don't just go through the motions and and be a a passenger in life, I guess is the best way to say it. And, and again, that's more intangible. But what I'm actually saying is I'm, I'm talking about here are your students. And that may be unclear as as far as what I'm trying to say. And again, I told you I might ramble a little bit, uh, and, and, I, and I am. And, and it's because I'm trying to come up with the words. Like I have written down what I want to say, at least some key points. But when it comes comes down to it, it's 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 difficult to explain when people ask me why I'm successful uh, as as a teacher I think one of the most important answers that I give a lot is I really feel like I do a pretty good job hearing my students and I learned a long time ago just being completely honest when teenagers especially want to talk it's important to listen I, I really do and I think being a little even more clear, even even clearer than that, I think it's really important that when kids are talking to me and giving me feedback on either my teaching or an assignment, uh, that's invaluable feedback. I listen to them, and sure, teenagers like all people. They exaggerate and they're dramatic and they're not always truthful. And we know that. But for the most part, I I, I tend to live in the world of I'm going to believe that my kids are genuine and they're communicating. And when they're talking, I want to hear them. I do. You've heard me say things like, for example, a couple of weeks ago in the uh, uh, Chase the Right Metrics episode, I talk about... Uh, measuring your classroom in smiles and and those kinds of things. Well, uh, that should kind of give you a preview of how important it is, I believe, as a teacher, as a coach, as just a, a human being in this world to listen to the kids. I think that's important because they have a perspective and they have uh, some 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 real insight to provide you, particularly as a teacher. And I think it's important to listen to that. I, I, I really do. And you also know that I place a huge, as do many, but a huge emphasis on the importance of relationships with kids. 
inside and outside the classroom. I talk about being present, going to their events and clubs and activities, sports, uh, in addition to your role in the classroom. I think all of that's super important to building a relationship. And of course, relationships lead to the successes that you have in the classroom. Relationships allow you to push kids in a healthy way. They really do. And so relationships are absolutely crucial. And if you take a qualified teacher, an effective teacher, who can build relationships, the sky's absolutely the limit. You can accomplish so much with kids. And so relationships are important. So why am I telling you something that you've heard from me and countless others probably your entire career? Well, because I think an important part of building relationships is for kids to feel like you listen to them. You listen to them. And I don't want to get, I don't want to sound like a counselor or a psychiatrist or whatever in this episode, but I'm, this is my podcast. This is our podcast. I, I guess I can say things and give you opinions and, and, and I'm going to give you this opinion. I feel like a real part of the problem that we're facing in our world and certainly in our education system is no one actually listens to the kids and and listens. You know, they're, they're facing troubles and challenges that you and I never had to face. And technology has given them just, and, and then the breakneck speed of the change in the world because of technology has given them unparalleled access to our world and has sadly given the world unparalleled access uh, to to uh, to the kids, right? Or, or showing them the world, but shows them to the world. And the same is true for us. And I think that that's just one example of the countless challenges that kids are facing, and it's different than what you and I had to experience. Some things are certainly the same, and the challenge of growing up is still the challenge of growing up. But I feel like, to be honest with you, that it's different for them, and it's it's challenging. And I always feel that, again, it's an opinion. You can agree or disagree, but I feel like the world is is so nuclear right now, and kids are exposed to things, and... They, they go through things that we just simply don't relate as well to as a generation or two older than them, maybe more. And so I feel like if you're going to build relationships, it's important to listen to kids. So going back to the original question, and that's how do I feel like or why do I feel like I've been quote unquote successful? Well, it's because I'm intentional about taking the time to listen to my kids. When they come in, I, I put I put my computer away, close it, or step away from my desk. When I'm on the sidelines coaching, if a kid's having an issue, uh, I, I listen to what they have to say. And I try not to, I, I try to focus on being empathetic and a soundboard for them, a resource as they need it. I don't want to bury them with my advice, in which a lot of times, honestly, my advice is outdated or it can't really help them because my experience is different from them. I've talked about this before, but a lot of times it's a problem of relating. Their problems don't seem to relate to us, just like we struggle financially and have to figure things out there. They're struggling out, struggling how to 
you know, figure out how to attend a party and, and, and why they weren't included. And, and so those may seem like very different problems than they are, but they're both problems. And it, I always say that you have to relate, at least on that level, whether you, um, whether you can specifically relate to the issue or not, because that's not our job. Our job is to be empathetic. So anyway, I, I think hearing kids and having them feel valued as a result and I think a lot of times in a lot of classrooms, we set up this dynamic where as much as we want it to be two-way communication, it's very much one way. And that's because teachers have all the power and should from the standpoint of we're we're in control of the classroom. We're responsible for the classroom. We're managing the classroom. I don't mean power from the standpoint of the assignments and facilitating like learning. I'm talking about from the actual control and safety of the classroom. So we're in control of the classroom and we are also the primary method by which content is being delivered uh, with the assistance from the facilitator role. But they know that we're the content experts. They know that we are in control. And so as a result, as much as we say we want an empowered uh, two-way communication sort of environment, sometimes that's not really easy to establish. And so again, I'm really intentional about making sure that I do just that. I empower my kids. I ask them questions and I do ask them tough questions. I ask them as a group, ask them one-on-one. I don't dance around it. I, I just ask questions. And I, I have found that over time that if if you kind of get real with kids, and that doesn't, again, doesn't mean one way direction. It means when they tell you things, one, you let them talk. And you let them tell you um, what's on their mind. Because that's the only real way, because in turn, you then kind of know where they're at and can better be a resource for them. And I know I seem like I'm kind of walking this line of, are we talking about in the classroom? Are we talking about on, on the athletic field? Are we talking about, you know, when they're having issues with algebra or when they're having issues maybe at home? Well, I, I'm saying all of it, right? Because a lot of times kids don't do well in class because they're having issues at home. And sure, we've got counselors and all these other people who are involved in their socio-emotional learning and their health and, and their wellness, just mental, physical, all of that, right? But we're another resource. And of course, we see them every day. And it's important that we invest in them by listening to what they have to say. Because if you hear those things, and then maybe you do notice that there's an issue at home or there's an issue, maybe... Uh, some kind of issue that's affecting the learning. For example, I had a kid that was hiding a vision issue from me many, many years ago. Many years ago. And I, I because I have vision issues, kind of picked up on some things, and I don't want to get into details, but I was able to pick up on it, and I was able to refer that to the right resource. And so, again, we're just one more tool, one more resource help get kids to other resources, maybe a counselor 
or maybe a learning specialist or, 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 or back to the parents, which all of these include parents, of course, but talking about being a communication and a resource tool for these very big, big things that can impact their world. And then sometimes things that seem small, that can have huge consequences in good or bad ways, depending on how they're handled. And so I, th- I think it's important to note that if you don't listen to your kids, you'll never be able to detect those things. And of course, if you believe that two-way communication is important to building relationships and relating to somebody on a genu- in a genuine way on a variety of topics, then... How can you afford not to listen? Because again, relationships are key to learning. And you gotta listen to it. And and I'll be honest about this too. Again, another opinion, but I guess it's my podcast. I really honestly feel like a lot of teachers, forget teachers, a lot of people don't listen to kids nowadays. And you may be sitting there going, Oh, well, we listened. I feel like we listened too much. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you from the standpoint of sometimes we 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 sort of overcorrect and overlisten on certain kinds of things. I'm not calling for group parenting and all some of that, that nonsense. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about listening in a genuine way, establishing genuine relationships through communication that are truly bi-directional. And I think you have to do that in the classroom. Not only for the sake of the socio-emotional learning, as I've said a minute ago, but I think it benefits your academic outcomes. I mean, imagine this. Imagine sitting in a classroom where you felt like the teacher was invested in you, would listen to you and help you if there's some kind of issue. Wouldn't you feel safer about taking chances, taking risks? And wouldn't you be more motivated intrinsically? to want to succeed in an environment like that because you're going to want to do things to be successful for people who invest in you. That's just human nature. And so we've spent all this time together, you know, and if you've read the book, you've, you've read all of that as well. And I talk about relationships and I have, again, throughout that book and through the episodes in the first season, talked about the importance of two-way communication. But now in this episode, I really wanted to double, triple down on the fact that you got to be able to hear your kids, no matter how tough that topic is or how out of left field you may believe it to be, because you never know. You never know. I think it's our job to be a resource for kids. And I do think those teachers that listen and respond and become very good resources for their kids, I think those are your successful teachers. And to be honest, to answer the original question that I brought up, I believe that's one of the key reasons I've been successful. Because I listen to them. And again, I may not like everything they have to say. Sometimes I don't totally get what they're saying because of their language or they're like coming out of left field. 
But again, I have learned that when a teenager wants to talk, and I mean really wants to talk, it's important to listen. And I say that all the time. I, I do. And and I'm a believer in sort of the triad of learning. And what I mean by that is you've got the parent, you've got the teacher, and you've got the student. And on the teacher side, I mean all of the school resources, counselor, and all of that. I think it's a triad. I think you've got to have great relationships with your parents. And I think that most of us know, particularly if, if you feel like you've, you're effective in the classroom, you know how important parents are. They're huge. And a lot of times parents are out of that triad, sadly. And so sometimes we've got to do double duty in that situation. You know that. It's one of the superhero roles that teachers have. We have to kind of be in loco parentis, right? In, in place of parents sometimes because, you know, a variety of life reasons that parents aren't active or engaged in the classroom. So I think parent-wise, we're more, in our mind, we're, we're more like engaged with knowing that we've got to communicate with them. But with students, and you're like, I communicate with my students every day, but I want you to really think about that. Is that communication one way or is it two way? And then kind of moving towards more of the academic side of this, if you really want to get, I guess, in the in, in, in the area of teaching that can really involve kids in that co-facilitator role, which you know I think is important, meaning they're at the center of their learning and they're, they're, they're taking hold and ownership of learning. And I think that in being empowered, and I think if you want to take that and make it efficient, I think you have to seek feedback from them. What's wrong with sending out a survey on what they thought about this unit, what they liked and what they didn't like, or how they think, how you think, how they think you're doing? I think that's important feedback. Now, you've got to remember feedback, like any feedback, is going to be slanted. It's slanted from their experience. And so you have to be reflective enough and thick-skinned enough to allow them to do those things. I mean, think about it. They have to sit in your classroom every day. And we already spent a lot of time talking about how we don't really re relate to them from the standpoint of the specific problems that we have. We relate because we're human. We all have problems and things we worry about and things we get sad about and happy about. But at the end of the day, there there's this relational issue because obviously they're significantly younger than we are. And so if you're sitting in class with them every day, why would you not take the time to get information from them because you just can't be in their shoes, empathetic to their from their perspective as easily because of that age gap and experience gap. And so I think it's important. And also, a lot of times, you ever told a joke that you thought was funny and you told it to somebody and it hit the floor? Well, a lot of times it can go like that when you're designing things. You're like, oh man, the kids will think this is really fun. Or this will be really efficient. And then it is either not efficient or maybe it was more efficient than you thought. The point is, is that why not seek insight from them? Hear them. So let them give feedback. And I think that's part of the give and take that has to be there. 
in every successful classroom. And like I said, if you formulate those relationships and those and, and one of the key parts of building that relationship that's full of trust is to have that two-way, true, genuine two-way communication with your kids. And if you have that, and when things, as a result of things we can't control, you know, life gets in the way, they have some major problem or they're really struggling, and, and so that conflict or that issue crops up, you're better prepared to deal with them. And, and, and I don't mean deal with them from the standpoint of, I'm going to deal with you. I mean from the standpoint of dealing with their needs and helping them get the resources that will help them solve the problem or better point them towards the direction of success or whatever it may be. And I know that all sounds kind of generic. I, I just, I, I am totally convinced that the more you spend developing a relationship that is two-way directional, the better the outcomes are going to be. How could that be a bad thing? How could that be a bad thing? And of course, there are boundaries. You know, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a learning specialist. If, if, if a kid's struggling with, say, for example, a learning disability of some kind, that's not my area of expertise. But again, I'm a tool to help detect that, a tool to help provide them the resources of an expert who can. You know, if a kid's upset, maybe being bullied or something, I'm just a tool to help point them towards the direction. Another resource, if you will. Sometimes we can solve the problem. Sometimes we can't. So I think that's why it's important to be a key resource. So when people ask me, what makes me successful? Sure, I've got a couple of things that I'll talk about. But always in the top three is I feel like I hear my kids. I really do. I feel like I hear them. And I can tell you this, no matter if it's true or not, kids in general don't believe they're listened to. I'm just telling you. That's their perspective. And again, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not telling you that's wrong. But I'm telling you it's that perspective. And so imagine if they feel like you listen to them, and you can be a resource for them, imagine how much more prepared they feel you are to meet their needs. And so to bring this to a very tangible sort of what's the lesson of the episode, and I've said it a couple times already, it's so, so important to make sure you have two-way communication. If you believe in relationships then you know as well as I can, a relationship cannot be one-sided. It has to be mutually involved and a mutual amount of respect, trust, and communication. I'm telling you, it's the key. Hear your kids. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thanks for being with me, and I absolutely enjoyed the time with you. Again, allowing me to share and and, and send send those kind of things that I thought are so important to you. So be here next week. Until then, remember to like, comment, and subscribe or buy the books on Amazon.com. Have a wonderful week.